0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today, we take up the issue of child support. There are deadbeat dads and those fathers who want to pay but can't. We're going to take a closer look at resources to help those stymied in their desire to meet child support obligations. Joining me in studio are Stephanie Loomis, Veterans Advocacy Project Attorney for St. Francis Community Services, Catholic Legal Service Ministry. Michael John Voss is an attorney and co-founder and special projects director with Arch City Defenders. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thank Great you. to have you. Thank you. Michael well, John, let me begin with you. Uh, how big an issue is this non-payment
1: issue? Uh, it's a huge issue. Um, what happens is, in, in the United States right now, uh, I think as of twenty fifteen, there was over a billion, hundred billion dollars worth of outstanding. Uh, arrears in child support across the nation in different states. Um, And so there's a lot of of people that are impacted by child support and their inability to pay the child support. Uh, And that debt could lead to consequences such as incarceration. Um, We've criminalized poverty in the United States in various forms, and one of the main ways that we've done that is through child support. Mm. And Stephanie, I know there are other issues, other impacts of this.
0: You were mentioning before we went on the air the homelessness issue.
2: Absolutely. So when I began in nonprofit work, I I didn't expect that representing homeless people and helping helping them exit poverty would involve child support. But it's it's got to be 75 to 80 percent of all the homeless clients that I deal with have child support issues. It's it's a huge issue I never expected to be dealing with.
1: But there is still the obligation. Right. It's it's it it hits both the civil side of the law and the criminal side of the law in the state. So a child support uh, order is issued either by a judge through a divorce or a paternity determination, or it can be done through the administrative process. A lot of times people aren't present. The the non-custodial parent doesn't know that there's an order against them, and uh, they accumulate arrears. And then if they've got over, what is it, 12 12 months of mispayments – uh, or $5,000 owed, then a felony is it can be charged against them. And then, then they're looking at jail time and incarceration. And so what you've done is instead of helping somebody make those payments and care for the child, you've removed them. You've, one, suspended their license, and, two, locked them up in prison because of their inability to
0: pay. And, Stephanie, when they're locked up in prison, it makes it a little bit tough to earn the money to make the payments.
2: Absolutely. And then when they get out of prison, it's it's a perpetuating cycle. They can't get a job because they have a a criminal record and then they can't get a job. So they can't pay their pay their child support. Generally, their driver's license is suspended. So the court is requiring them to go to work, but they can't drive to get there. So it's it's a cycle that keeps perpetuating, and it is, you know, when you stop and think about that in, in the aggregate, it's no wonder that, you know, the overwhelming majority of the homeless folks we deal with here in St. Louis are struggling with this issue. But the system
0: doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, it's, it's designed to work against itself, it would seem.
1: Well, it hasn't evolved over time. The child support uh, Title IV, which, which requires these child support enforcement agencies in different states, uh, was created in 1975. Um, and it hasn 't evolved with the time uh, the the labor market has changed the the, 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 the way uh, home life is created the nucleus of the family has changed. Um, women have entered the workforce in more more and more numbers as the years have gone on you 've had not just one <clears throat> custodial parent paying child uh, paying for the family uh, you 've had an increase in divorce since that time you 've had an increase of out of Uh, out of marriage uh, childbirth. And so there hasn't been a way of fixing the problem that it's created with this criminalization.
0: Uh, Our discussion here today is going to center on those who uh, want to pay and recognize the obligation but can't. But let's dispose of the other side of this argument, Stephanie. There are deadbeat dads, those guys out there who have no intention of paying, just walking away from it.
2: There sure are. And the law distinguishes between those. There's a willful refusal to pay child support. And then there's the inability to pay. And the enforcement mechanisms in place in the state of Missouri for those folks that have resources and just don't feel like supporting their Mm -hmm. children are, are usually appropriate in that context. What we're talking about is the vulnerable and the disenfranchised The folks that, you know, have run into difficulty or catastrophe in life and need modification and they can't get it. One of the main um, issues is figuring out if you're entitled to a modification at all. So you have to calculate, the Missouri Supreme Court provides a Form 14 with several pages of instruction. Um, You have to figure out what your child support was using the Form 14. Then you have to figure out what your child support should be. Then you have to figure out whether twenty percent changes occurred in your payment between those two if you 're low income there 's a third step you have to figure out what your low income payment should be and then, after you figure all that out, then you have to figure out how to get to the court system, which is its whole whole nother you know um, issue and all of that takes time meanwhile, the driver 's license is suspended, maybe a criminal non support charge has been issued, and you 're not going to get a modification for seven to eight months anyway. So if you can, as a low-income person or someone who is vulnerable, figure that system out, then 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 you're fine. But most of my clients, they can't even begin to, to understand. They're trying to figure out where their next meal is coming from.
0: Michael, John, before you can figure out all the details on the form, mm-hmm. you have to know that there is a form. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's,
1: it's problematic. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it in a lot of different Context: These sort of barriers that the system puts in place that really disproportionately impact people that are that are low income because they don't have the resources. Um, and unfortunately, there isn't a, you know a civil right to an attorney in the state of Missouri, and so you'd have to hire a lawyer to represent you. And if you could hire a lawyer, why aren't you? quote unquote paying the child support. So it it is a catch 22. It's very problematic. The problem with a lot of people that get the criminal non-support cases, if they're represented by the public defender, the public defender in the state of Missouri cannot do civil work. They cannot modify that child support. That's a whole separate case that that has to be uh, taken up with. And you're going to be maybe in a different judge, maybe a different jurisdiction. It could be somewhere else in the United States that you need the modification done. Um, Especially if you're homeless and you're here in St. Louis because we have resources for the homeless in St. Louis, but you're from another state, that child support order is going to be in forced by Missouri, even though maybe the children live in, in Florida, mm-hmm. and how can you go to Florida if you're poor and in a shelter? Well, how does the process start? Uh, the process starts, it, the initial establishment of the child support order, it starts either in a, at a divorce proceeding, or it'll start in a paternity proceeding in court, or it could start through the administrative process of the child support enforcement agency in which a hearing is held, typically telephonic by phone. Uh, a lot of times, the non-custodial parent might not know of that hearing, and so, like I said earlier, it'll be imputed minimum wage, even, even though maybe they're below that, um, and that's the process, because so it could be either that administrative process or the court process. And it's confusing even to some lawyers that, that they have to go through either one of these options, let alone someone who doesn't have counsel.
0: Uh, what, what I mean by starting the process is knowing uh, where to start with that form and to, and to take uh, whatever measures you can
1: to solve the problem. Right. So you can go to the Child Support Enforcement Agency and request a modification if you have a child support order already in place. Uh, but there's barriers to that, too, as, as Stephanie was talking about. Yeah.
2: And most of the most of the clients that I deal with don't even know that that's an option. I I, I will have asked them. I said, "Did you go to the Wainwright Building? Mm-hmm. Did you talk to a child support technician?" And they're like, "I can do that." And I'm like, "Absolutely, mm-hmm. you can." And sometimes I've walked them down to the Wainwright Building um, to see what relief can be had. So that even knowing where to go, like on, when you look at the Family Support Division's website, they don't have that information. There's no there's no information out there telling them how to get a mod. How, you know, do they qualify for a mod even at that point?
0: You, you work primarily with veterans, correct? I do. Is that a, a special and distinct category for some reason? Are veterans who are in this situation different from non-veterans?
2: Um, no, not in regard yeah. to child support. My homeless veterans have the same rate of child support issues that homeless folks do. The only distinction that we see with homeless veterans is a lot of times their child support orders originate from other states because maybe they've traveled in their service, and then we have to deal with out-of-state support issues. And that can be really tricky because you have to find a lawyer in that state to modify the child support.
0: And that's expensive. Who's, who's paying
2: the freight? Uh, no one. <laughs> no one. No, not at all. Um, no. Occasionally, Missouri will start collecting for another state, and if only arrearages are owed, then we can work with the state of Missouri to have those modified. But if it's a current order of support for a minor child out of another state, the homeless veteran would have to find an attorney in the other state to get that modification. Wh-
0: what I mean by that is who, who is paying that other attorney?
2: No one. The, these, the folks that
0: if they go through your service. Oh, for or, no or, one.
2: A lot of times what I'll do is I'll call or I'll just start Googling and I will call attorneys out of state and I will either ask them to, to work on the case pro bono or we'll try to find another agency that does the type of work that we do, which is pretty rare. Uh,
0: Is it easy to find someone willing to work pro bono? (laughs) No. (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Not at
2: all. People, if I get a call back, I'm usually thrilled, and I I thank that lawyer a lot for their time. I've had it done in Colorado one time. I had a vet with an issue in Colorado, and an attorney out there was willing to look at the case for us.
0: Uh, mike john i 'll turn to you with regard to this whole part of the conversation you 're working with uh, with attorneys out of state and out of state situations
1: we 've had some examples like that in the past, and like I mentioned in the state of florida we had yeah. we had a lawyer that was willing to donate their time but but it's a very um, it's very hard to get lawyers to take on these kind of cases. Um, like I said before, the public defender usually will represent people mm-hmm. in the criminal non-support case. Uh, but to get that modification, you really need uh, another lawyer that's experienced in family law and civil law, and, and it's very difficult.
0: How do the courts respond to this? To the this idea of negotiating a different uh, a, a different payment?
1: You know, there was a, mm-hmm. a bill that passed, and I, I think it was signed a law that would have funded basically a child support. Uh, diversionary court program in the state but it just never got funded um, and so that that exists on paper but it doesn't exist in practice and so what you happen to have is the the sort of uh, the the leanings of the judges that you happen to be in front of so in the criminal context you might be in front of a judge that thinks that probation's appropriate given the fact that they don't want to incarcerate somebody just because of their their non-payment that doesn't help the child to lock some their their father up or their mother up that that's not the custodial parent um, but that probation could sometimes be triggers other consequences consequences. Because what you're looking at is a felony conviction at the end of it if, mm-hmm. if you don't successfully complete the terms of probation. And what they usually request is that you pay the current plus some of the arrears. So if you you know your current say is two hundred dollars a month, you've got 10,000, 12,000 in arrears, maybe more, uh, they add another 150 on that. So you couldn't pay the 200 to begin with, but now they want you to pay 350. It, it, it doesn't make sense, but that's what they require, and that's what the state looks for in the, when they prosecute these cases. Aren't
0: the, uh, Stephanie, aren't the judges amenable to the idea of uh, restructuring the payment, knowing that if it doesn't happen... Uh, there'll be no payment at all, probably.
2: Absolutely. And the Missouri Supreme Court recently adjusted the Form 14 Mm -hmm. guidelines and included a low-income provision, which has helped. And if you can get a case in front of a judge, you know, with meeting the criteria and have what we call the prima facie for a modification, the judges in St. Louis County and St. Louis City will listen and give give you a fair hearing. So it's getting the folks to the court, that that is the issue. It's it's the folks that don't have access. There's only a couple of of nonprofit lawyers in town who know how to do child support, and we're probably the two here. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's if you get the issue in front of a judge, I, I do believe that most judges will modify and they will listen and be fair. It's actually getting to the court to get that process done that is the problem, right. one of them.
1: And it's also the, the, one of the other problems is that if the person's coming to court because of they've been charged with criminal non-support, that judge doesn't look at the underlying modification. It has to be a separate judge, mm-hmm. the one that actually either heard the, you know, the, the initial divorce or paternity was in front of, or if you take an affirmative step and file in civil court.
2: Absolutely. And public defenders are calling, you know, our offices and asking us to take on the civil mods to help these folks who are just kind of stuck in this this entrapment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael, John, that was a question I wanted to ask is, you know, what is the likelihood of once this process gets started of taking the issue back before the judge who, who made the original order?
1: Um, with counsel, it's, it's, we do that. That's what we do. We advocate and go back to that judge. We, we Sometimes there's opposing counsel on the other side if the other party could hire a lawyer and you have to negotiate with them on this. Um, but if you can show that 20 percent change in income or if you can show that they meet the low income standards, you're going to get that modification for the client. But it's going to take time. And during that time, ar- arrears is accruing. And so th- that's a big part of this is the problem that, that, that this debt sits on people uh, without unless the other party decides to waive it.
2: And then one of the the interesting things about having arrears, even if your kids are grown, and we've had this problem with homeless folks before, they finally try to reenter the system. They get a job, and their very first paycheck, family support division takes half of it. So even if you're making minimum wage, and half of your your support half of your paycheck is gone, you're still at sixty three percent federal poverty level, and you can't you can't support yourself. So one of the things we do is also work on on getting those arrearage payments down. To to where somebody who's trying to reenter, um, re-enter the system can, can work with that. Yeah.
0: I'd like to uh, take a break now. We'll have to do that and come back and talk about what we've been talking about, and that is uh, men who want to make child support payments but can't. And uh, there are resources for them to, uh, to ease that burden. We'll talk about that when we come back. And I suspect there are people in the listening audience who might have some questions or comments with regard to this system. Perhaps you've been exposed to it. Perhaps uh, there are other reasons why you'd like to weigh in on it, and we'd like to hear from you. Three eight two eight two five five is our number. That's 382-TALK. You can send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org Or if you'd prefer to send a tweet, do so at STL On Air. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University offering world-class education within reach. And welcome back. Child support and fathers who want to pay but can't. That's our discussion. Well, one thing that came to my mind as soon as this subject came up is it's all well and good to go to court and try to amend whatever the process is. But what about the woman, the wife? What role does she play? and these negotiations and any part of the process. I'll start with you, Stephanie.
2: Absolutely. So the the wife or the, the custodial parent who has um, custody of the child is an integral part of these proceedings. They are served. They are present, um, or at least they have the opportunity to do so. They can tell the judge, what 's going on from their perspective what 's going on in the life of the child and that 's in both the court process for modification of child support and the administrative process through family support division so and and even with my negotiations with family support division, um, they definitely contact the custodial parent and you know talk to her, ask her what she thinks in some cases, it is possible for the custodial parent to waive um, arrearages that are owed on the child support and we I see that frequently on on um, moms who want to help out and and recognize that usually some catastrophes come up to to make this an issue.
0: There must also be some Michael John who say, "No way! I want all that's coming to
1: Right. I mean, it, there is that as well. That yeah. you'll see that um, sometimes what what we'll see in certain situations is that um, especially if the children are grown and there really is arrears that's owed, uh, they have that ability to waive that arrears mm-hmm. or um, come to agreement on on what sort of the repayment might look like. Um, but a lot of the time some of those arrears, if the, if the child ever receives state benefits, some of those arrears are assigned to the state. So no matter whether or not that the custodial parent or the former custodial parent wants to forgive and forget, if the state is entitled to those arrears, they're going to come after them. We
0: tend to think, I think, in most cases that the custodial parent is a is woman, but that's not always the case.
1: No, not always, No, definitely not. I mean, I've represented women that had been um, you know, criminally charged with criminal non-support and needed modifications. I've represented men that were custodial parents of the children Who uh, had child support? They're now, you know, have custody of the kids, but in the past they they didn't, and they owed child support, and the state's coming after them for, for the arrears that's owed. Even though they still have, they have the children and are raising the children. The state needs to prove that no no support was given and that there wasn't good cause for no support given. And the way that the statute defines good support is food, clothing, medical treatment. It doesn't mean dollars, uh, you know, a, a sure. of you know uh, money owed to the, to the mother or the state. Yet that's what the state will use to prove up the charges is the fact that there is a, a debt owed. Stephanie, what are these negotiations like?
2: Basically, if you there you have to meet your prima facie under the law you have to meet that 20% mark and you have to show the court that you've met your burden and then the the mother can either agree to the modification or she can oppose and she can say no dad actually makes more money or dad's mm-hmm. actually you know getting income from this source and the kid you know the child needs more money because xyz school this that and the other so the mom gets a chance to weigh in but it's it's really about meeting what the law requires. And that's kind of what this is all about. Missouri is really clear. You put in an income amount and it spits out an amount you're supposed to pay. So it's about getting folks to pay what they can actually, you know, what they're entitled to under the law.
0: We, we have a number of calls I, I want to get to. But a quick question. How long does this process generally take?
2: I would say at a minimum eight months. Oh, wow. I filed cases in January that I'm still, for a modification through Family Support Division, I'm still waiting on results for those. Well,
0: that's a long time to be in that kind of limbo.
2: Absolutely, especially when you might be a felon or you might have your driver's license suspended.
0: Let's take some calls. We'll start with Justin calling from St. Charles. Justin, thanks for waiting. You're on the air.
3: Thanks for this subject. Uh, I think it's something that's really affecting us on a a cultural level. Um, My couple quick questions is how is it that, it's constitutionally illegal to be uh, to have a debtor's prison in this country, but we're creating a felony based on people owing money. And then the second is I was told last year by an attorney that works in, in this field that the state of Missouri is spending several millions to collect several thousands a year in child support, and it just seems like a completely counterproductive waste. Why couldn't you create some sort of, like, credit system. And if you're listed as a deadbeat dad, then it affects your income. It affects your getting an apartment, whatever. But creating a criminal who now is dependent on society just seems like a really big waste. And thank you for mentioning that some of those uh, debtors are from state aid insurance that was provided to the child uh, and things like that, I was told. So it's just really sad problem. Justin, on, and I'm curious about your opinion on that.
0: Justin, thank you. Who Who would like to take that one? Um,
1: you Might know, John. sure. Um, when we started Arch City Defenders, one of the first things we did was take on a bunch of uh, criminal non-support cases from the public defender's office for people who needed modifications because of the fact that they were uh, had been homeless or at risk of homelessness and, and couldn't make those payments. So we did the civil and the criminal, and we challenged the statute and and tried to take it up on appeal. A motion to dismiss was filed in the criminal cases, and it went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, or excuse me, the Missouri Supreme Court. Um, and uh, we were challenging the constitutionality of the law fundamentally. Um, uh, very nuanced way looking at the the statute and how it was written. Um, We got an opinion in the appellate court level from Judge Romines, who's uh, Mm an appellate judge here in, in the Eastern District. And he Basically agreed with us, but under the grounds that it was a debtor's prison. Uh, that that kind of argument that that we had abolished here, and um, he, uh, he he definitely was out of that mind. And so it, we're looking at you know ways of looking at the law, ways of maybe bringing an argument uh, in the future uh, that challenges the the fundamental criminalization, the the, the 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 problem of criminalizing people's poverty and and uh, incarcerating them because they owe debt. Uh, and that's something that we're continuing to investigate.
0: Stephanie, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, just that I think we need to do a better job of determining who are the deadbeat dads and who who is actually, you know, just doesn't, can't pay. They have the inability to pay.
0: Or know that they can somehow. If exactly. It crosses, you
2: exactly. We need to look deeper into that. And the stigma associated with this issue is so great. You hear about child support and immediately, I mean, I had a woman tell me, oh, well, the kids deserve it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Yeah, the kids do, but some of these dads, people don't wake up and decide to be a deadbeat dad normally.
0: Let's take another call here. William will join us from St. Louis. William, thank you for waiting.
3: Uh, Yes. I want to know, um, if I found out that my daughter, was uh, she got pregnant and then she moved out and then she wasn't a full-time student, Is there a stack of limitations that I could go back and collect the child support that I paid that was not due to my ex wife? I
0: don't know. Stephanie, do you
1: know?
2: So, generally, I don't want to, I would probably need to know more about your circumstances to offer you legal advice, but I can say generally the law allows for child support to be terminated once your child um, either is emancipated. Um, no longer lives in the home, and no longer goes to college after 21. So um, then it can be terminated, and there are ways to get some of the money back, um, but you have to bring that through the courts.
0: Let's take another call, then. Uh, We'll bring in Jeff calling from Alton. Go ahead, Jeff.
4: Hello. uh, Thank you for taking my call. Um, So I'm I'm just, uh, I guess, venting more and hoping for some uh, feedback, but my situation is... uh, I'm a, I'm a veteran and a single father and, uh, I paid child support for, uh, two children that don't stay with me. And then, uh, the two children from this recent divorce that are, uh, we have joint custody. So it's a 50, 50, a week on week off. Um, whenever the divorce occurred, um, there was a, a land of Lincoln took the case of my ex-wife and immediately, um, like, uh, put me out as a, as a criminal. They, they filed an emergency, uh, restraining order. Um, I, I'd actually gone to the police department and filed a missing person report and had a sheriff respond by, uh, had telling me I can get some stuff and get out of my house. Uh, so there was no evidence or anything like that. And, uh, and that, that was kind of how it started. I couldn't afford a lawyer because, uh, I was the judge ordered that I pay all the, uh, all the bills and everything to support them hundred percent financially while I was removed from my house and then, uh, consequently unable to you know, find a house for myself during that time. Uh, but, uh, when it came down to the finalization, the, the restraining order was dropped and moved back in. We'd finished the divorce and, uh, the income difference between uh, the ex wife and I was maybe $5 an hour difference. Um, and so, the calculation was uh less than like a hundred dollars a month by the state's model but the judge ended up awarding her uh six hundred dollars a month um and so i've recently lost my job and that's not the sole reason but that's a lot to do with it uh because it was a burden that i couldn't bear the children are with me i'm you know taking care of them and also getting um uh, help with them while i'm way it works. so I got to pay for that. Jeff, I'm, we, we,
0: we, I'm sorry to interrupt, but our time is getting away from us. We commiserate with your situation. Uh, I guess this is just kind of typical, the kinds of things you come across.
1: Right. I mean, what the caller is saying is sort of what we've been talking about, about how complicated right. the system is, how it impacts people's lives in very negative ways, and and, and frankly, how, how it touches on myriad other issues that they're dealing with in terms of the family life, and, and, and how they're, they're making ends meet. Yes, and
0: clear, clearly, I mean, going through his situation there, very, very complex. Uh, one more call, then we'll have to call it quits. Marilyn and St. Louis, it's your turn. Go ahead.
2: Yes, I wanted to know what the uh, Missouri state law is about how long you have to pay child support. Is it a certain age? Is it like if uh, they're 18 or if they, if they go to college? Is it after they finish college? What is the legal limit on that? So I think I can answer this one. Um, there is a specific statute that lists um, when it's appropriate to terminate child support, and you're going to find that under Chapter 452 of the Missouri Revised Statutes. And there's there's several different ways. So you would pay child support for a college-age kid until um, they turn 21. Um, and have
1: 12 uh, 12- credits per semester correct they have
2: to be going to college full-time and you would you would continue to pay for that child after they turn 18 Um, but like also if you um, if the child gets married um, and they're going to college then that would disqualify them from child support and and, or if they become emancipated
1: right or if they enroll I believe in the military and obviously if the child passes away one
0: quick question we have a long email question here and I'll boil it down Uh, It concerns falsified child support documents. Uh, Does that happen? And if it does happen, what happens to the person who falsified the documents?
1: I I guess I'd need to know a little bit more about whether it's documents for court or whether it's documents at the agency. But um, obviously um, if if there are false documents that are being filed, uh, like saying that they do have custody or alleging that you have custody when you don't, that sort of thing, it will weed itself out through the court process. This
0: apparently relates to uh, falsifying documents to kick the the, uh, payments higher whatever. It's a little too complicated to deal with the time we have left. Before we go, let me just ask you, Stephanie and Michael John, to tell folks how how they can get in touch with you uh, if they need help.
2: Absolutely. So our program represents uh, homeless and low-income veterans um, at the Catholic Legal Assistance Ministry in um, a division of St. Francis Community Services. Um, If you do need legal help, you can call us at 314-977-5452. We'll
0: put all of that on our website. Many people are driving right now and don't have a pencil in their (laughs) hand. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll put it out there.
1: Michael John? And for us, uh, um, our uh, our phone number is 855-724-2489, and uh, um, we work with the homeless and at-risk-of-homeless population and a lot of people reentering society from the prison system.
0: Thank you both so much for being with us. Stephanie Loomis, great to see you with St. Francis Community Services and Michael John Voss with Arch City Defenders. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.